0: Welcome, I am Ed Bejarana, and you've arrived at the Business Buffet Podcast, where you get a taste of business from entrepreneurs who've had both good and bad moments in business. You'll learn from business chefs of all types those things they would have done different, and figure out how those ingredients might help your personal recipe for success. Grab a plate and take a seat. It is time to eat hearty in business. Welcome to Business Buffet. I have got somebody, he's a dear friend of mine. We, you know, we're, we're compadres in a similar field. When I started, uh, right after the Army, I went to college and I got my computer science degree. And I thought I was going to do computer tech my entire life. And I was a database programmer. I, I worked for uh, some companies in Silicon Valley who, for contractual reasons, I can't name them. But I, I did a lot of work in Silicon Valley, and I started to get into internet security, virus security, and I, being where I was and the people I knew, I had a great opportunity to just transfer right into that field. And I, I have a good friend who uh, is a break-fix guy, computer tech, and I've worked with him for off and on for about 35 years now. Warren's a dear friend of mine over at Computer Studios. And when I moved to Oregon, Warren was kind of disappointed. He said, "Ed, I thought you were going to partner up with me and and kind of be my tech and maybe even take over the business." And I thought, "You know, Warren, I don't really want to do computer tech forever." By that time, I had kind of lost the flavor. I had lost the 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 vision of, you know, getting on your knees under the desk and fixing the computers all of the time and and Windows was just a disaster. Even going back 20 years ago. It was just an absolute disaster. You, you had to constantly keep up with the errors that Microsoft was doing. And it, it was just a constant struggle. And I decided, I don't want to do that. I would rather do something else. So I did. Well, when I moved to Idaho, I met a guy who started in the computer business right about the same time I did. So he's not a young whoopersnapper. snapper. He's he's an old guy like me, and when we got to talking, we had this instant kinship. We became like instant friends, and and he does computer repair the way I believe computer repair should be, one customer at a time, and based upon what you need and not what he thinks you need. You bring in some kid today, and he's just going to fix your computer the way he thinks it needs to be fixed regardless of whether it's actually going to help your operation or not. So I asked him to come on the program and talk about his business philosophy, his direction as a computer repair guy for the last 30 years. This is my dear friend, and you've heard his name mentioned on this podcast time and time again because he has been a strong supporter of the Business Buffet. It is none other than Joe Hume with F1 for Help. Joe, thank you so much for coming in studio today.
1: Well, hey Ed, thanks for the invite. So
0: let's let's just jump right into this. Let's let's stay away from business for just a second. Tell the listeners about you, about Joe. How did you? I don't know where were you born. What did you? What were you smoking when you decided I want to be a computer tech? You know, just just give them a kind of an idea of who you are. Well,
1: I guess it was the '80s when I started with computers. So, <laughs> no, I've been working on. Been working on computers since the mid '80s. Um, Started with the IBM Trash '80s back in high school. Did some basic programming. Um, Had an Apple, or actually, it was an Atari 800 XL. Yeah, I was the geeky little kid that would go out and buy the compute magazines (laughs) and type the type the code in. I remember that.
0: I remember that. You know, you basic training, or yeah. basic, you just type in the
1: code, and boom, we got a video game. And then you've got a video game. Well, if you don't have a cassette deck or some other way to save it, then you can't. Right. You hit power, and it's, like, gone.
0: Take you, like, six hours to type it in and correct all of the mistakes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, fortunately, they came up with an editor, so there was a checksum on every line that, th- that you'd enter. So that made programming that stuff easier. And then... Along comes Radio Shack and their 30 and 1, 60 and 1, 121, 120 and 1 electronics kits where you can build these circuits and, you know, get it to do something. You know, we, yeah, you hit the relay, the buzzer goes off, or you've got two inputs because you're doing a, a timer game, the light goes off. Whoever taps the connections first wins. And so. You know, right out of, and then in the late 80s, or mid-80s, I guess, Apple IIEs were really huge in the schools. So we played around with those, um, found an old Star Trek game, and actually looked at the code and changed it so I'd have fewer Klingons. A couple (laughs) of Romulans made the star stuff different increase the that power. was a great
0: game i loved that game oh it was yeah that in wizardry those were my two faves
1: never played that one you never played oh wizardry is classic but cannibal blitz and glocksmith mm-hmm. and load runner and all of those yep 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 and then right out of school i went to lewis clark state college and enrolled in their video systems program and that's where I actually got the, the hands-on training resistors, capacitors, resist, um, inductors, you know, FETs, MOSFETs, all of that stuff. And when I was done with that, I trans- transitioned into the computer repair, the microcomputer repair. And at that time, it was component-level repair on the old IBM 8088s and the Apple IIEs. And they actually had the the... Signal, signal tracers with the 16 channels and all of the scopes and leads so that you could, you know, see a signal come from here and go to there and, and figure out which ship was bad. Well, out of there, I, my first job out of college was as a professional consumer electronics technician where I was responsible for the component level repair of TVs, VCRs, Microwaves, amplifiers, citizens band radios, projector TVs, projectors, just about anything that I could get a schematic for, I could fix. So I understand troubleshooting. Well, in 97, and this would have been after the first dot-com bubble, the electronics program was getting ready to change with more of a computer focus. And if I would have waited, then all of the credits that I had accrued would be, for wouldn't enough. have a yeah. class to associate them with. So I jumped back in fourth semester computer class and took the, went through the Novell, Cisco and Microsoft classes, um, spent a year in school. And out of there, I came out with a CCA or a CNA, which is a certified Novell associate I came out with a CCNA, which is a Cisco-certified network associate, and that's where I came up with my MCSE, Microsoft Certified System Engineer.
0: So tell the listeners about what you do today. What does F1 for Help do?
1: Well, F1 for Help, when I founded it in 2000, was a break-fix computer repair shop where we we build computers, we troubleshoot computers, we maintain them and we recycle them when you're done with them.
0: Now, a guy with your skill set, you know, I know firsthand, a guy with your skill set, you could go work anywhere. Why did you become self-employed? Why didn't you just go work for somebody else and not worry about the headaches of running a
1: business? Well, when I was gainfully or when I was involuntarily separated from payroll, I was looking at, at different companies and I guess I suck at filling out a resume and cover letter and that. And so I hung up a shingle and have been doing it ever since.
0: What, it, what would you say is the biggest challenge you have as being a sole
1: proprietor business owner in the computer tech field? Um, When I first started, it was the actual running of a business because I've never had any formal training, you know, accounting and marketing and janitorial and all of the rest of that stuff isn't fixing computers and fixing computers is what I'm good at. And so it's been a, it's been an ongoing journey these past 20 years. Yeah, and you
0: you just celebrated your twentieth anniversary in business, right? I did in twenty one years
1: now. Um, yes, actually, we celebrated twenty years this last October.
0: Right, I was there. I yeah. I went to his twenty. Now <laughs> I gotta I gotta tell this joke here. So Joe says uh, the chamber is going to do. Uh, uh, a ribbon cutting for my business. I said, Joe, you've been in business for 20 years. Well, yeah, they it took them a little while to get around to it, but we're going to do a ribbon cutting slash 20-year <laughs> celebration, which, uh, you know, I thought for a little town like Rathdrum, that was pretty cool. Yeah, so, um, okay, if you had to do it all over again, let's go back to 2000, okay. what's the one thing about your business that you would change and
1: why? Um, the one thing I would change about my business would be probably the financing. Now, I know that when when you are opening a business, they recommend having three or four months of expenses in the bank. And I would actually recommend having six or nine months worth of expenses in the bank. Um, actually having somebody to come in and work with you because when you're out fixing a computer you're not answering the telephone and a lot of people don't like talking to a machine and so you miss a lot of business being away from the being away from my office I miss a lot of business because when you walk up and the door's locked well there's nobody here to help me so you go on to the next person
0: you know I think that is probably one of the most frustrating points for a sole proprietor. I I toyed with the idea of setting up shop someplace where people could come visit me, but for the reason that you just said, that's why I work out of my home. I, you know, I, twice, I think twice in my, in my um, business history. Uh, I haven't been around as long as you, 15 years in January it will be. But twice I've had somebody call me and say, do you work out of your home? And I look out the window, are you driving a black Mercedes? And, you know, and, and they would just show up at the house looking for, for uh, marketing support. So I, I can imagine that it is difficult having a brick-and-mortar facility. So let me ask this question. Why do you have a brick-and-mortar facility?
1: Well, that, when I started after moving up here to Rathrum, one of my clients who was sitting at my kitchen table had actually said or suggested that I get a, a storefront because then that gives an additional level of authenticity, professionalism. I'm, I'm searching for the word, the correct words, but having a business, having a storefront, separates me from the pizza tax. Sure, The guys that are working out of their house, no offense guys, but when you come to my office, that's what I do. I fix computers when, and you're welcome to come to the office. When you work out of your house, well, then you got to find some place to meet. You've got to, you know, figure out the logistics of picking up and deliveries. And there's some people you don't want to come to your house. And so you have an office separate those. Now, 20 years,
0: we can say that's a definite success. You, you've been in business, you've paid your bills, you've supported yourself, you've put kids through college, you're a success for all intents and purposes. So for the guy who would be starting out today, the guy or gal who's deciding, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good with computers, I, I think I would like to Fix computers for a living and start my own business. What advice would you give to them today so that they can kind of start off and be successful?
1: Well, if I was going to give some advice to that, I would say document what you do. Because if you have, if you start a business with an eye to franchise, then it's a lot easier to onboard somebody and have them be able to pick up the ball and run with it your way. Um, You know, if there are any classes that are available through the local jobs, jobs plus program for running a business, because there's so much that I didn't know that I wish I would have known, I would recommend signing up and taking those. Yeah. And get out and meet people.
0: So what did you do then to pick up the business side that you didn't
1: have the knowledge for running the business side? You know, honestly, it's just been OJT Mm -hmm. on the job training. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I've got to do that. Okay. Well, let's
0: figure out how to do it, figure
1: out how to do it and document it so that I can hand it off to either the bookkeeper or the marketing person or whoever, whoever does that stuff.
0: Now, do you have employees working for
1: you? Currently no.
0: Have you? I have. What was uh, a piece of advice should somebody starting out start thinking about hiring an employee right away or you know what would you say to to somebody thinking about
1: going in your line of work? Well, having having somebody who can answer the phone during business hours is very highly recommended. Not necessarily having somebody in an office per se. Yeah, it could be a virtual assistant, right? Could be a virtual assistant,
0: mm-hmm. and and uh, have them help with the scheduling and yes, and, you know, just talking to a human makes a tremendous difference. I I can attest to that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that and having a way to to set a calendar, having an address book, and a way to track what you do and and what you say
0: now having done this for 35 years myself i'm uh, i'm leading the conversation obviously but in computers in technology you you've got the the hardware you got machines they break and they've got to be fixed you've got the networking. Sorry, guys.
1: Even apples need some love too.
0: Every every day. Yes, that's right. Every. So you got the networking. So you got to get computers to talk together. So that's another area of expertise. You you have the software. You got to figure out how to get software installed and integrated, and, and then you you got to keep the hackers out. There's four major areas. Uh, and we haven't talked about creating the software or create designing the hardware. This this is just from your line of work. You've got those four major areas that you have to cater to. Is there one area that dominates your daily activities more than the other?
1: Well, right now, the area that is the... Biggest concern are backups, because you you write a document and you save it because it's a it's a client introduction letter or it's a proposal, and all of a sudden your hard drive dies. Well, if you don't have a backup, then it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. And so the biggest area of my business right now is is identifying what mission critical and getting it backed up.
0: So what is your favorite backup strategy? I mean you got file level, you got server level, you got image level. What what what's the most common backup strategy that you implement for say a small five person operation, five computers or less?
1: Well, that's going to depend on on the software in use. If it's just a bunch of documents, then it's going to be file level. Depending on on if it's a database or not, then we'll look at, at drive imaging. But it's actually having a place to put the data. You know, are you going to be using a, an externally connected USB drive? Are you going to look at network-attached storage? Are you looking at online? And we have solutions for all of that.
0: Well, and, and I, I would imagine that in addition to backing up the data, you also help folks understand that if the drive is sitting right next to the same computer and the building burns down, you've still lost all of your data. You have. So having kind of an off-site strategy, do you help folks with all of that as well? We do. For somebody who's brand new in the business, what would you advise them as far as preparing for... Coaching businesses in the importance
1: of backups. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, so for coaching somebody for for backups, uh, having an organized, having a system in place for saving your data is going to go a long ways towards setting a backup strategy because if you've got files that don't belong together or if you've got or if you have the same clutter that's in your mind on your computer then you you essentially have to back everything up. Right. But say and say well for F1 for help, we've got a client's folder. Yeah, and I've got 26 subfolders A through Z and in each of those subfolders we have clients. We actually have folders for each of our clients. And so that gives me one place to back up everything that I'm doing with those clients. Same thing for our vendors. Um, yeah, that's actually what I would recommend.
0: Now, there's, you know, I talked about the four areas, you know, hardware, networking, etc. But there's another area to your business, and that's whether you actually go to, the establishment to fix their computer, or require them to bring their computer to fix at your brick and mortar place, or you do it remotely through a, a like a managed service um, relationship. From the standpoint, I mean, when you and I started, that didn't exist that no. that option. To, you had to go there and you had to fix it on site. But now you can do much of what you do remotely. What percentage of your daily fix activities? actually done
1: remote? Well, currently we're, we're probably about 30%. And most of that is when I've got a client that calls up and said, Hey, I've got this on my screen. You know, what is it? What do I do? Yeah. And sometimes they're able to describe it and I've seen it before and oh, okay, well that's, you know, nothing to worry about. Sometimes it's, Hey, can I take a quick peek? And so, With with permission and the software installed, either remote access or remote support, then we're able to connect to the screen, connect to their computer, and a lot of times we can save them a service call or a trip to the office or a trip on site. Yeah, I guess that would be a service call.
0: Well, and downtime. I mean, there's yes, you know, there it costs money. Every hour a machine is down, it costs that business unrealized income. That's that's lost revenue. Right. So, and I think for graduates just coming out of college, they don't always necessarily think of the the unrealized income loss that comes with a broken computer.
1: Right. And remote support softwares, you're going to spend money on it, but you're going to make a you're going to make a ton of money back on it. Yeah. Because remote support is like a service call. You bill them for, you bill them per five or ten or fifteen or Whatever your, whatever your incremental charge is.
0: Now the big one. We just a few months back, we heard the uh, the ransomware attack on that gas company back in Atlanta, and basically the whole Eastern seaborg was shut down. You know, all of, there was no gas moving around on the East Coast, and it turned out it was a bunch of hackers out of Russia who installed their ransomware and basically took computers hostage and i know a lot of small business people who just lose sleep worrying about what would happen if their business was taken hostage by these ransomware people because they ask for a lot of money this, this you know this is they're, they're asking for tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for the keys to get your data you know, it, it's no longer that they erase your data; they just encrypt it in place, and you can't access it. So, what would you say to the new business owner going into the computer repair business to prepare them for? There's the stress. There's the technical side of dealing with ransomware attacks. What What would you say? Because I would imagine it's a large portion of business at this point. What should be people be ready for?
1: Well. Preventing it is is what they is what I would recommend doing, and that's going to be that's going to be part backup strategy, having having a disconnected backup or you know something that's attached to the network that's not that's not constantly mounted. Um, a lot of the newer anti-virus software packages will have some form of ransomware protection and so just having a good a good antivirus anti-malware internet security package that actually states ransomware prevention it will go a long ways towards letting you sleep at night
0: yeah now if you weren't doing computer repair if you know tomorrow you went into the office and said i'm done (laughs) I'm just, I'm, I've had it. What, so if you weren't doing what you're doing today, what would you be doing and why? I'd be drinking beer and shooting pool. <laughs> Ready to retire, are we? Uh, we are. Oh, outstanding. So how do people learn more about you and F1 for help?
1: Well, you can visit us on the web at www.f is in Frank. One is the number, dot net. Or you can always give us a call at 208-687-0183.
0: Now, if somebody, say, you know, Texas or North Carolina or Florida, they, they have some questions and they, they want to kind of talk to you about their business, you, you open to hearing from future entrepreneurs and, and uh, are you willing to help them out a little bit from a question and answer standpoint? Absolutely. So... I have-
1: I am a firm believer in
0: paying it forward. Absolutely. Mentoring. And I know you are. That's, that's why I asked the question. So any final thoughts for the listeners before we wrap up?
1: Um, just to make sure that your computer software is up to date, that you're, if you've got antivirus and anti-malware software, that is, it is active, up to date, and able to run. Um, if you have a backup, check them, because backup you don't check isn't a backup.
0: Very good advice, Joe. Thank you so much for taking time to come in studio today. Hey, you bet, Ed. Thanks. It is that dreaded time when we must push away from the table and digest what we've taken in. The ingredients you've learned today can and should be used in your own business recipe and shared with the world. Like this program on Apple Podcast or anywhere you consume your podcast material and drop in again next week to enjoy another hearty dish of the Business Buffet Podcast.